This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Get ready for a global energy crisis unless we take action now. That's the warning from the IEA, the International Energy Agency, which tracks global energy production and consumption. It says oil and gas production cannot ramp up fast enough and renewable energy can't get installed fast enough. And so it lays out 10 steps people should take to reduce how much oil and gas they use. That includes things like driving slower, working from home, using public transportation, and not driving on Sunday. The IEA says that sanctions on Russia for its invasion of Ukraine is taking 2.5 million barrels a day out of the market. But if everybody followed its recommendations, oil consumption would go down by 2.7 million barrels a day. The EV train is leaving the station, and more and more automakers are scrambling to jump on board. Now Maserati says it's going all-electric by 2030. It's going to call its electric range of vehicles Fulgore. The new Gran Turismo, which launches next year, will be the first all-electric model, and then comes an all-electric version of the Gracale SUV next year as well. By 2025, it will have an all-electric version of every model in its lineup, And by 2030, Maserati will become 100% electric. It will develop, engineer, and produce all of its EVs in Italy. Porsche was already on the EV bandwagon, but it's ramping up its efforts. CEO Oliver Bloom says that by 2030, 80% of Porsche's sales will be all electric. He says the mid-engine Boxster and Cayman will become electric only by mid-decade. Last year, Porsche topped 300,000 sales for the first time in company history. It doubled sales of the Taycan, which also passed the 911 in sales. But remember, there's also three versions of the Taycan available, the sedan, the cross turismo, and the sport turismo. And just when you thought that cheating on diesel emissions was over, Japanese authorities jumped all over Hino, which is Toyota's truck company. The transport ministry is revoking certifications of four engines because Hino gave them false emissions and fuel economy data, and Hino admitted it did it. This ruling also affects Toyota and Isuzu, who also use the engines. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. We chalked it up to marketing babble talk four months ago, but BMW is sticking with its ridiculous claim that the EV version of the 7 Series called the i7 is, quote, the first all-electric luxury sedan in the world, end quote. Hey, BMW, what do you call the Mercedes EQS, the Lucid Air, or the Tesla Model S? It's like BMW is operating with horse blinders on. And as you can see from these teaser pictures, it's also sticking with that giant twin kidney grill. But we are getting some more details on the electric sedan before its official debut in a few weeks. BMW says it's the most powerful 7 Series and will have a WLTP range of 580 to 610 kilometers and an EPA-estimated range of up to 305 miles. The interior will feature an optional 31-inch display screen 
that rotates out of the top of the headliner for rear seat passengers, and LED lighting that can be individually adjusted. And sticking with EVs for a moment, Kia is kicking off a pilot program in parts of California that will offer free mobile charging to customers. BEV owners in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and San Jose will first have to download the app of Kia's partner for the trial, currently, which will allow them to book the on-demand service. They'll be able to do this up to three times a week, every week, for two months. And Kia says if customers like it, they could expand to other cities around the U.S. But now let's shift away from EVs. Acura says that pre-orders for the all-new Integra are overwhelmingly with the manual transmission. The vehicle comes standard with a custom-tuned CVT, but over 70% of initial buyers want to shift their own gears. But that number will almost assuredly go down as sales go on. Jeep designers have another trick up their sleeves for this year's Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, Utah, and are being rather coy with the details. Rather than providing info, it's asking questions like, ever wonder what it would be like to blend the Wrangler and Gladiator? And what if a truck dared to be more SUV-like to increase its departure angle? Whatever it shows off, Jeep says it, quote, reinvents what the ultimate terrain tackler dares to be. Mobility is becoming electric, connected, and autonomous, just like the manufacturing world. But we'll always be one thing, a reliable partner for our customers. NASCAR is going to race at the 24 Hours of Le Mans next year. Yeah, you heard that right, NASCAR. And it's putting together an impressive list of companies that will be part of the effort. IMSA, Hendrick Motorsports, Chevrolet, and Goodyear. They're going to race a Camaro ZL1, highly modified of course, and they're going to enter it in Garage 56. That's the slot that Le Mans holds for open innovation race cars. So while the Camaro will be in the race, it's not going to be classified in any of the racing categories. Chevrolet already races Corvettes at Le Mans, so we find it fascinating that it's entering a Camaro. And we're intrigued that NASCAR is leading this effort. Who knows what this will lead to in the future. Nissan is coming up with unique ways to show off its E-Force all-wheel drive technology. Last week, it put together a video of an electric food tray with the tech delivering bowls of ramen to customers in a restaurant. And now it has a new video showing off E-Force in an RC car, driving on a figure-eight course with different surfaces to showcase how it maintains its driving line and steerability. The RC car is controlled with an arcade-like setup that includes a racing seat, steering wheel, and pedals. A camera equipped on the car is linked to a monitor, to give the engineer a first-hand look of what's happening on the course. The Aria will be the first model equipped with E-Force, which manages power output and braking performance of the two electric motors to provide a smooth and stable ride. Yesterday, we gave you the ranking of global automakers by revenue, but then several of you in the comments section, including David Blatt, Mike Young, One Nation Under God, 
and Michael Allen suggested that we rank them by profits. We thought that was a pretty good idea, so we ran the numbers, and here's what we found. Mercedes-Benz was the most profitable car company last year, putting nearly $26 billion on the bottom line. Then came Toyota, Ford, and Volkswagen. But one thing to keep in mind with that Ford number is that about $8 billion of that came from booking the value of the stock it has in Rivian. Then Stellantis and BMW came in around $14 billion in net profits, followed by GM at nearly $10 billion, and Tesla made more money last year than either Honda or Hyundai, even though they sold millions of more vehicles. And we love providing you this kind of information because you're really not going to find it anywhere else. In fact, we're going to run the numbers over the weekend, and next week we'll rank the car companies by how much they spend on R&D. And that wraps up today's show and the whole week. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Scheffler, we pioneer motion. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.